Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, This past week, I listened to Pastor Scott's uh, final sermon as he was talking about his uh, candidating shirt and that he wore it again on his last Sunday. And he was also talking about uh, the decision whether he should wear a tie or not. Well, guess what? (laughs) I decided to leave my tie in the pew. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Kayla, for what you said earlier. I don't think I can add anything more to that. But I'm getting paid to do that, so I will. (laughs) The 11th chapter of Luke's Gospel is uh, a parable uh, that is often titled The Friend at Midnight or uh, The Knock at Midnight, uh, in which Jesus tells this story in response to one of his disciples asking Jesus to teach them to pray. Yeah, that's what this verse, this chapter is about, uh, chapter 13. These verses are about Jesus telling his disciples how they can pray. And he's asking them to, um, to listen to something that is important about how they pray and why they can pray. I think the disciples of Jesus had been uh, taking notice, paying attention to Jesus, uh, and they knew about Jesus' prayer life, and they also knew that he would often get up early in the morning or at other times during the day and go off to a solitary place where he prayed. So they wanted to know more about this prayer life that Jesus had and how it was that, that they could have something that was similar as well. So they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And in response, Jesus speaks words that they can use as part of their daily prayer life. Uh, We call that the Lord's Prayer. Then he tells them a story about a man who has gone on a journey and he has come to a friend's house at midnight and he's hungry when he arrives and his friend has no food in the house. So this friend goes to a neighbor, knocks on the door and asks for bread. And we've already heard the response. The response was, go away, don't bother me, I'm in bed, and my children are sleeping. And then Jesus, following that story, gives the disciples some words of encouragement about God's faithfulness, which we've already been singing about this morning. All that Jesus says is in response to this disciples' request, to teach them something vital about prayer. Because prayer is not necessarily an easy resource or discipline for our life's journey. As at times we may feel like the man who is knocking on the door and getting a response of go away or getting no response at all. Have you ever felt like that? When you knock on heaven's door with your prayers and you don't seem to get a response, be honest about it to yourself. Have you ever been in those places when you have seemed to have had little or no response? 
Last week, I mentioned one of those that was a part of my own personal life when for for months I was uh, asking God about uh, what's life going to be like after or in retirement. And I was getting silence for months. Somewhere several years ago, I saw these words that somebody had written on the side of a building. God isn't dead. God just doesn't want to get involved. I can't imagine how discouraged that person must have been feeling. To some people, and maybe to us, from time to time, that's what prayer may feel like. But hopefully, not too often. It's for those times, and really for any time, and for all times, and especially in Jesus' teaching about prayer, that he uses a word that is important. He begins with it. The word is Father. Today is Father's Day. And I've chosen this passage because of the wonderful portrayal of God that Jesus gives in his response to his disciples in teaching them to pray. Father, Father, hallowed be your name. Father, your name is holy. Yours is a blessed name, is what Jesus is saying. And Jesus begins with Father because it is a word of relationship, of sustaining, intimate, loving relationship. Unfortunately, in some family situations, as we've already recognized, the word Father has lost that meaning. And for people who have had or have less than a loving relationship with their father, this might be a difficult day. for them to relate to God as Father. As I said, we've recognized that this morning already, praying for those fathers who were absent or abusive, for God to ease that pain and for them to know the embrace of their heavenly Father as an all-loving, all-caring Father. Jesus begins with Father because it's the best word that Jesus knows to describe his relationship with God as the one with whom he had a childlike, dependent relationship. That is particularly seen in Jesus' prayer you recall when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and crucified. There he prayed, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus added the word Abba to Father. Abba is an Aramaic word, the language that Jesus spoke that is mostly close-related probably with a translation of daddy. A word, a name expressing warm affection on the part of a parent and on the part of a son or daughter loving also in return their mother or father. It's a term of endearment 
of trust. I've been in my son's home when he has come home from work and have watched that as soon as he gets in the door, his seven-year-old daughter runs to him, Daddy, 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 knowing from experience that she will be fully and joyfully embraced by her daddy. For me, that's an image of how Jesus pictures us coming to God in prayer. Fully trusting. Fully believing that we are loved. Fully relying on God wanting what God sees as best for us. So let's look a little more closely at this uh, story that Jesus tells about this man who refuses to get up and welcome his neighbor. About this man who had a visitor in the middle of the night, and he thought he could rely upon his friend to give him some bread. But the friend, the neighbor, goes and says, after hearing the knock on the door, Go away. Don't bother me. I'm in bed. And my children are sleeping. I believe we'd all agree that that's not a very hospitable way to welcome a neighbor, to welcome a friend. Especially if Jesus is intending that in this story, this neighbor on whose door is, is being knocked is God. Why is this neighbor refusing to get up and give his friend some bread? Why is Jesus choosing this as a, as a story to say something about the character of God? It just doesn't make any sense. We need to know, however, that in Jesus' day, houses were very small. One room, maybe two. And in this small space is where all of family life occurred. It was the kitchen. It was the living room. It was the dining room. It was the bedroom. And if the family had some small animals, like some chickens or some goats, where would they be at night in the same room? Little tight quarters for all of that to take place. So at night, really, any disturbance would take some time for everything afterwards then to settle down and come back to some kind of normal. So the man says, go away. But Jesus said that the man who came seeking bread kept knocking until this man got up and gave the bread that his neighbor needed. You can just... I can just sense the, the, the mind of the disciples spinning here and saying, I knew it. I knew it. God has to be prodded in order for us to get an answer. And Jesus says, no, that's not it at all. And he continues, if there is someone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, that is, if you as a parent, a father or a mother, is asked by your child for a fish, are you going to give them a snake? Or 
if you as a parent loving your child and your child asks for an egg, are you going to give that child a scorpion? With these questions, Jesus is really saying, of course not. You're not going to do that. If you know, he continues, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In other words, God doesn't need to be prodded. In other words, God will not hold, withhold good things from his children. What Jesus is saying is, when you expect that you ask of God, God will give. As you seek God for your needs, you will find your needs being met by God. As you knock on God's door, God's going to open that door. That's why Jesus started teaching them the way to pray is to begin with the words, Father. Or as Matthew recorded it, our Father in heaven. So then what Jesus is teaching his disciples and us is that God is not a withholding, begrudging neighbor whose house is barred against us. At the heart of what Jesus is saying is that God is in the house, not as an uncaring or begrudging neighbor, but as the father who is taking care of his children who are gathered around him, seeing that his children are not disturbed, providing for his children's comfort in the middle of the night, providing a safe place with his presence. It's what the psalmist wrote of in one of the psalms from his own experience. Psalm 84. This is a few, just a few verses. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they go from strength to strength. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. The psalmist references the valley of Baca. That was not an easy place to travel through as pilgrims, pilgrims were going up to Jerusalem. It was a perilous part of the journey because of its difficulties and its dangers. Yet it was knowing that a day in the courts of the Lord was better than any place else is what kept them going, kept them traveling towards Jerusalem. What the psalmist knew and what Jesus is teaching us is that being in the presence of God, there's no need for panic. When rough times might bring a disturbing presence, when circumstances and events would attempt to shake us up, it is in those times that we need to remember that we have a refuge, a place where God is and where God is watching over us. 
you may know uh, one of the hymns, uh, one of them that's my favorite, Trigare Kaningenvara. Now, for those who don't speak Swedish, that's uh, Children of the Heavenly Father. These are some of the words. Children of the Heavenly Father safely, safely in his bosom gather. Nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge there was given. Though he giveth or he taketh, God his children ne'er forsaketh. His the loving purpose solely to preserve them pure and holy. Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling us that we do not need to frantically approach God as did the neighbor knocking on the outside of the door because we are not outside the door. We're inside the door. We're inside the house where God is. As followers of Jesus and those redeemed by Jesus, as those whose faith is in Jesus, we are the children of God inside, snuggled safely next to the Father. Now here's the punchline. And it is a how much more word of affirmation. If a sleeping friend can be aroused to meet the need of another friend in the middle of the night, how much more then can a loving, caring God be counted on, be counted on to come to the aid of his children? Jesus is saying that God is not the begrudging neighbor, nor even like a father who rightly treats his children. Rather, God, in his love, far outseeds both of them. Let me say that again. God, in his love, far exceeds both of them. Now, from his response to his disciples, asking them to teach them to pray, here's what I believe is the gospel for us. There have been, and there are, are and there still will be, for some of us, maybe all of us, on some level, an ache in our heart because of painful personal events. Even painful experiences of the last month as a church in experiencing Pastor Scott's retirement and Diana, uh, Pastor Diana's resignation to receive another call. Yes, there is a forward look to what God is going to be doing in this congregation. Yet right now, this is a transition time with some pain needing comfort, some brokenheartedness needing healing, some questions seeking answers. Some disturbance, like the knock at midnight, that needs calming. The story that Jesus told about the man inside the house is an invitation to pay attention, personally and as a church. First, to this story about 
the father's relationship with his children, really being about God's relationship with each one of us, with God's sustaining, intimate, loving relationship. When no matter what the disturbance can be, Abba Father is there watching over us and caring for us. Second, this is a story about asking us to pay attention to ourselves and what we do in those circumstances when there is a disturbing knock on the door. Like my grandfather, or my granddaughter running to her dad, fully trusting, fully believing she is loved, fully relying on receiving her dad's best for her. Is that the way we approach? Is that our thought? That God is there with the best for us, even if we don't understand it or if we don't see it? Caring for us in any and every situation of life. When there is something disturbing, God will bring peace, healing, and restoration. It's what Kaler referenced in uh, Jeremiah 31.4 earlier today. And that's a verse that's meant a lot to me personally. I will build you up again and you will be rebuilt. Again, you will take up your tambourines and you will go out dancing joyfully. That's a wonderful promise. That's a reality of the God who takes care of us, of the God around whom we are nestled, even in the middle of the night. And third, to help us know of God's sustaining, intimate, loving relationship, Jesus concludes his story by telling us that God has the best gift of all for us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what a gift that is. We talked about that last Sunday. Four times in the Gospel of John, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the comforter. The Greek name is paraclete. Paraclete is a word that is translated the one who comes alongside and literally means that. Now Jesus in this passage is saying, when we pray our Father, when we are asking God for help, when there are times of disturbance, God gives us the paraclete, the helper, the one who comes alongside of us. Jesus is saying, whatever we ask for, know this, you are not alone. God is there with you, alongside of you like the Father who did not allow disturbance to upset his children. As circumstances may try to, and do, disturb or disrupt, as any challenge does that, which probably is a time right now, challenges can cause disruption because of change that takes place. And there's one thing that's constant in life, and that's change. It's then that we need to remember what Jesus tells us about God. Being the father on the inside of the door who always has the concerns of his children in his heart. This is the how much more 
of God that can be counted on. And we can say, thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, our Father, yes, we say thanks to you for being the one who is always there, caring for us, perhaps as we may not even be aware, like those children sleeping in the house who were not disturbed by a knock on the door. For the gift of life, as your sons and daughters, we give you our thanks. For the gift of your church, in which we are sisters and brothers in Christ, we give you our thanks. For the love of one another, we are grateful as that love touches each of us from one another with joy and compassion and grace and tenderness, which we need to live daily, not anxiously and peacefully, even in the midst of that which can disrupt and disturb us. We pray for pastors Scott and Diana as they are moving into a new phase of their life. Lord, they follow your leading, and as they do that, may they know the nearness of you guiding them. As we think of uh, Pastor Scott and his family, we pray for his sister Judy, continuing to recover from the complications of her surgery. Thank you for being or for bringing her through to this point and for your closeness in this time to her. We pray for Francine tomorrow, who is having uh, dental surgery. And we pray, Lord, that all goes well. And Lord, the world in which you live is a troubled place. And and we pray for peace. And even confess to you that sometimes we are the disturber. We are the one to contribute to its unrest, finding it difficult some days to, uh, to live peacefully within our own families and our neighborhoods. We ask, Lord, for your forgiveness. We do thank you, Lord, for uh, this time that we have been together, worshiping you, that you are honored, that it is your glory that uh, we see. And we thank you for that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples and us as we pray together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.